What's up guys? Welcome back to another episode of Free Country. My name is Grady and I'm glad you're here. How are you guys? How are you doing this morning? Um, or afternoon or evening? I don't know when you're listening to this, but I'm glad you're here. I am glad that the podcast is working, that you guys are enjoying it, because I'm enjoying making it. These things are fun to record. This is episode seven, and uh, it's going to be a little bit different. We're going to have kind of me talking here at the beginning, and then uh, I'll close this out. And in the middle, I have a little segment that I recorded this weekend with some of my college roommates. Um, My buddies Ben and Woody, uh, I've spent the last few days up on the eastern shore of Maryland, with them near the Corsica River, sailing around, riding a boat. We were going to go water skiing, but we didn't get to it. But just hanging out and having some good bro time. Got to meet uh, one of the guy's uh, lady friends, and she was great. And it was just cool, a cool little college reunion. I mean, it's weird. You blink, and suddenly you're like, wow, we've known each other for 11 or 12 years. So, I don't know. People, People just grow up and I'm different and they're different and it's cool you still have this ongoing friendship but then you're also looking at each other like man we definitely are all changing and and it's cool to observe so I loved getting to see them I loved getting some quality bro time and I loved being out on the out on the river and I tried to keep as much sunscreen on as possible if you've listened to earlier episodes of this podcast you know I've had some sunscreen struggles in the past but I don't know. It was just cool to see them, especially in this kind of big transition time of life. And I'm doing this whole, you know, content creator thing. And so getting to catch them up on that, I thought it would be fun to get to include them in the podcast. And so you'll hear a little bit of that later. We actually tackled two songs. I asked them to listen to two songs, uh, Kane Brown's Like a Rodeo and Midland's Playboys, because those are two songs that are out now. And so you'll hear those later. The other songs I was listening to this week were... um, were the new ones from Kenny Chesney. He has a new song called Tip of My Tongue. That he co-wrote with Ed Sheeran and Ross Copperman. And it's a, it's a, a fine song. You know, I loved Kenny Chesney's last album. I thought Song for the Saints was so good it actually made my top 10 end of year list last year and to me this does not have the kind of peaceful beauty that that album had this this as a lead single is a lot it's just a lot of production happening on it and the song is about him being so crazy about a girl that um, he can taste her on the tip of his tongue in a way and the hook says salting sugar on the tip of my tongue and I guess the salt part is supposed to be a reference to her being an ocean girl. Um, it's kind of confusing. At one point, he claims he loves the ocean so much that it's on the tip of his tongue. So I was like, is this a love song to the ocean? But then, no, there's kissing invoked in this. So it's about a girl. But to me, it's a kind of confusing hook. Because when I hear the word salt, I think kind of saltiness, the way the teens would say it. I think kind of about anger. And so the hook of this song being salt and sugar on the tip of my tongue, it's kind of confusing to me. It doesn't sound very lovey-dovey. So it's kind of a weird song. It's not my favorite Kenny Chesney single ever. Uh, The main thing I would note in this song is that the opening line mentions um, the dimples in this girl's back. I love the dimples in your back. And knowing that this is a co-write from Ed Sheeran, I actually reviewed the song Little Things by One Direction 
another co-write by Ed Sheeran. I reviewed that back when I worked at Entertainment Weekly. And I remember finding the line, um, I know you've never loved like the the crinkles by your eyes or the dimples in your back at the bottom of your spine, um, but I love them endlessly. I remember that line and thinking like, this is kind of weird. I mean, One Direction's fans are like eight. And why are we singing about girls like stomach and thighs and their dimples and their spine? And um, But I remembered that lyric and I was like, wow, now I know two Ed Sheeran covers where he mentions uh, dimples in the back. And I was like, maybe that's his thing. Maybe this is Ed Sheeran's little, uh, his kink is <laughs> dimples in the back. But I will have you guys know, I searched the whole rest of Ed Sheeran's discography and looked up all the lyrics to his songs. And he does mention dimples one other time. Um, I forget the name of the song, but it's a dimple in the chin. But in any case, three Ed Sheeran songs, three references to dimples. So um, I'm officially alerting you, Ed, that that is, that is becoming your overused word. But it's a fine song. The other song I was checking out this week was Chris Young's new one with Lauren Elena. This is a song called uh, This Town Ain't Big Enough. Your friends and mine run into each other all the time. Seems like there ain't no place to run. This town ain't big enough for both of us. And the first thought I had was, wow, we're going to get another male-female duet on country radio right along... Uh, right alongside what happens in a small town and this one's called this town ain't big enough and uh you know they are pretty much the same concept it's like it's hard to break up in a small town because there's another song break up in a small town by sam hunt but the idea of this is that it's hard to break up in a small town because um everything reminds you of each other and i think they both sound good on this song chris young and lauren elena both sound good i would say it's not nearly as good as think of you his duet with cassidy pope this is just sort of a i don't know a more boring worse version of that song i just want chris young to have different producers because everything's just too loud on his songs they don't breathe anymore like raised on country and uh drowning and this song all of them are just it's like all the instruments are so loud that it's kind of annoying. It's not pleasant to listen to. So I just feel like he needs to let the stuff breathe. I mean, his voice is amazing and Lauren Elena's voice is amazing, but I feel like they just brought the levels of the instruments right up to the levels of their voices. And it's just, it's too much. 1-800-TOO-MUCH. Um, so yeah, those were the songs I was listening to. And I'll, we'll get into the reviews later of the other stuff uh, when I'm talking to my friends. But this was an interesting week, you guys. It was a uh, my first full week of being a of being a full-time content creator guy and uh, I gotta figure out a, a, a sexier way of saying that title but you guys made me feel real awesome with all your skater boy covers uh, I mentioned on the podcast a few weeks ago that skater boy by Avril Lavigne I have this like you know my little conspiracy theory is that it's meant to be a country song and uh, there's three different guys now that have sent me their covers of Skater Boy. And these things are cracking me up and making me laugh. And I feel like we're starting a little revolution here. So a guy named Brian Ruby sent me one from a locker room in Germany. He was a boy and she was a girl. And I make it any more obvious. He was a punk. That made me laugh. Tyler Core sent me a cool mix where he swapped out the word um, 
uh, playing on MTV for singing on CMT. On TV, and guess who she sees? Skittable rocking up CMT. She calls up her friends. They already know. And they all got tickets. And another guy named Jordan Cohan uh, sent me a, a really sweet cover of his own. And he was a skater boy. She said, see you later, boy. He wasn't good. And so, man, these make my day, y'all. Thanks for... Uh, Thanks for believing in the country skater boy. And someone sent me a DM, like an Avril um, kind of fan account sent me a DM that Avril actually got her start or was trying to make it very early on as a country singer. And so maybe this was originally conceived as a country song. That is an unconfirmed detail from a fan account DM, but uh, do with that what you will. But I just want to say thanks for those guys. I mean, those made me those made me feel just fun, like we're like we're building something here, and I know I don't know. It just made I was really really touched by it and flattered by it and laughing, and um, I, I'm glad to just we have some kind of fun community that enjoys having fun with country music. Um, the less fun side of this week was definitely dealing with all this copyright claim drama, and I'm learning a lot, guys. You know, I'm learning a lot about what the publishers think about YouTube, and I have. Obviously, you know, if you guys follow my YouTube channel at all or follow me on Twitter, you know I've had some issues with uh, publishing companies and labels claiming my videos, saying it's not fair for me to use their content and, and saying that they deserve the money from those videos. And I just have a fundamental disagreement with that. I believe what I do is fair use. I believe that uh, news clips and, and things of that sort, commentary videos, are covered by fair use. And so you don't need a license for that copyrighted content. Uh, but it's kind of the wild, wild west. A lot of these labels just haven't had to deal with this. And so when my videos get claimed, every fiber in my being wants to just make a video, flip on the camera and make a video and be like, I hate Warner Chapel or I hate Universal and, and be like, they don't get it. They don't get what the future is. And because I don't know, like the clout game and anger, those kind of work on YouTube like sort of bashing someone that often is an effective strategy for <laughs> for at least courting favor with your audience but I'm really trying to not do that I'm trying to be a lot more thoughtful and tactful in my approach to these publishers and actually listen to them and hear where they're coming from so I've actually started a dialogue with one of them with a really huge one and had about 12 13 emails back and forth this week about my perspective and their perspective and we have a call set up and um, I really hope to be able to show them that I can be something mutually beneficial to them, um, that this is good for country music to have someone that you know has a pretty young audience on the whole covering their stuff and getting people excited about it and, and hope to work out some kind of deal where I stop getting targeted as a channel. Um, and and I'm, I'm encouraged by how that conversation is going, but... I'm really having to put on my big boy pants and be adult Grady and not just be an immature little putz that is uh, wanting to just, I don't know, act like someone like Kim Kardashian and just try and dunk on these people and turn my audience against them because I think they do have a hard job. And so I'm trying to take a different approach. And uh, that was a tough part of the week. That was a tough part of the week, but a good part of the week. Um, and one of my videos actually got unblocked. So that was really encouraging. And that happened... Uh, yeah, that happened the same day I shot a video with my sister. You know, I put two I put two videos up this week. One was my top 10 list of all time. And uh, people have really enjoyed that. I mean, it was a little bit of a clickbaity title. It was like my 10 favorite country songs of all time. And I called it 
the top 10 of all time, according to me, because, you know, that's a much more compelling title. But man, oh man, it has been fun reading people's, the songs that they really love and that they really get something out of. There's definitely like a big contingent of comments of people that are mad that my list doesn't include Hank Williams and George Strait and Merle Haggard. And, and I hear that. I hear what those people are saying and, and they're sharing their top 10 lists. But part of me wonders, like, is that just the country cred game? Um, you're supposed to say you love Hank and Merle or, you know, or are those legitimately their very, very favorite 10 songs? So I don't know. Maybe they were just thrown off by the title, but I want to make some kind of response to to those. Maybe I'll do a top 10 list of like top 10 country cred <laughs> songs of the songs you're supposed to say are your top 10 favorites. But man, that video did really well and that was encouraging. And then the, the next video I shot did really well as well. And it was a little interview with my sister, Kitty, my 17-year-old sister. And so that's on the channel now. And I just wanted to get her perspective on country music as a very, very casual fan who definitely listens more to pop music. I, I thought like, you know, we're all a bunch of country nerds and we all communicate about country, but what is someone who doesn't really think that much about the genre thinking about? And so I interviewed her and I think that has, uh, people have loved that video and all you little turds that are sliding into my sister's DMs. I didn't even tag her. How are you finding her on Instagram? Um, back off. I'm, I'm going to be a protective older brother, <laughs> you losers. Um, no, I mean, I guess, I guess she is, uh, probably flattered i don't know i don't know i'll let kitty speak for herself as she does in that video and kitty's awesome it was so fun i went to my folks home and hung out with my little sister uh for for a while this week and it was cool to see her and yeah she's just a cool girl in high school she's got too much to do to hang out with old brother grady but i loved getting to see her and then after that i headed up to the eastern shore and had an awesome time out on the water with my friends so i'm gonna actually slide in a uh, a segment here where it's about like 16, 17 minutes long, I think. But this is just me and my friends talking about the new songs by Midland and from uh, Kane Brown. All right, so I'm here with my college roommates. Uh, and you might hear some dogs in the background. We're at a you know little vacation home on the eastern shore, and it's beautiful. But you hear some dogs. Just don't worry about it, okay? Um, so I'm here with Ben. Uh, ben, unveil yourself. Hello, I'm Ben. <laughs> uh, let's see, I'm Grady's Texas friend, his token friend from Texas. Ben and I shared a room in our, uh, in our frat house back in the day. Yeah, we're... We're fratty dudes. What would you say about uh, about my music taste in college, Ben? I'd say it was mostly... <laughs> Ooh, this is... It was pretty interesting. I'd say it was diverse. Okay. Uh, I'd say you listened to country in college, but I feel like you listened also... You were just really loved pop. Yes. And lots of just random pop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty true. I love the song Shark in the Water by V.V. Brown a lot, and Ben always gives me crap for it. But Ben, Ben's like a Texas guy that wants to be perceived as like really loving uh, this like alt R&B thing, and I think you genuinely do love it, but it was a lot of like Little Dragon and weird avant-garde R&B. And... Yeah, I do like that. I also love like just rock, rock and roll, mm -hmm. you know, so... And I was really into like Jimi Hendrix and Pink Floyd in high school. I had an afro for a little bit. Yeah. So even still in college, some. And then we got we got Woody, um, who after I lived with Ben, Woody lived with Ben. But we're all the three of us are little three musketeers. But Woody is my friend from Norfolk, Virginia. Hey, Woody. Hey. 
Um, are you a country fan? I do like country. I wouldn't have said it. <laughs> I don't think I would have said that uh, before you started covering country. But always like Garth Brooks. Yeah. Mostly because my friend from back home loves him. But well, I give them some homework. I uh, I, I was like, guys, I want to have you on the podcast, but we can't do anything too intensive because we're about to go sailing for the day. But. I was like, let's listen to two songs, two new songs that came out this week that a bunch of you guys wanted me to cover. One of them is Kane Brown's Like a Rodeo. The other one is Midland's Playboys. I find it interesting that both these songs are like in the same genre because to me, they, I mean, it would be hard for them to sound more different. But um, I had the guys listen to these. And what's our consensus that would you say on Kane Brown's Like a Rodeo? Love is like a rodeo, rodeo. Oh, it was <laughs> the cringing uh, faces here are real. I know you just, can't see it. It was, it was. I feel like it was just pretty boring. Like it was like not only like a mediocre R and B song, but it was maybe even a more mediocre country song. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's interesting that it just kind of. I mean, a whole song to me is just. It, it, it's only kind of half trying to even make rodeo puns, which obviously is sex in this case, but it's just like you get to, you have these kind of half-hearted lines of like, uh, what's the one that we were really attached to? It only, I, it only lasted eight seconds. No, just, no, I don't think he actually said that, but it makes you wonder <laughs> about Kane Brown's just stamina. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but the, uh, <laughs> yeah, but it just builds to this kind of, course of like a rodeo 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 oh and it just it's like drake or post malone that kind of sad boy pop i don't know to me it's it's not it is catchy because i did find myself singing that all day yesterday after we listened to it but it is there's no story here there's no story i think that's what i don't like about it what do you what are your thoughts i i find that and i know you love lyrics but i I have to try to pay attention to lyrics, and I usually listen to music for the sake of the music, the instruments. So if I'm focusing on the lyrics the first listen, it means I'm probably not that interested in the song. <laughs> that's what I found. Oh, interesting. I just thought it, it didn't, it like stayed the same the whole song. It's yeah. like three and a half minutes of sort of the same beat, and I think he said like a rodeo a hundred times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very heavy percussion too, and I think that's like my general thesis statement of what what really is separating a lot of the sound of this kind of new R and B influenced pop country is it's just the heaviest and all song it was just the loudest drum throughout it. I think it's interesting because you have the you have like glimpses of like the instrumentation that you would use in a country song. Mm-hmm. You know, there's like kind of the a steel-ish sound. Yeah, like a steel-ish steel guitar, guitar yeah. and maybe like a little bit of slide. And then you definitely have like his country accent. Yeah. That's, you know, I think pronounced maybe on purpose to sort of tie it into the country genre. Yeah. But regardless of genre, I just don't think it's an awesome song. Yeah, no. I mean, it's just... I mean, at Woody, when you were listening to it the first time, you didn't even finish it. You're like, all right, should we listen to the next one? <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, it's it's useful for teaching simile. <laughs> yeah, like, I guess so. Hey, but I guess you don't But here's the thing. It's not useful for teaching simile because it's a, it, it mixes. The first verse, he's like, 
describing the girl as uh, difficult to like get a hold of and she moves fast and you're getting the sense that he's preparing this woman to a bull which has to be the you know least sexy way to describe a woman since Sam Hunt decided that she has a body like a back road, um, which is bumpy and uh, full of cracks. Acne. And, yeah. Tons of acne. <laughs> uh, so, but then the second verse he switches to, I think, describing himself as the bull, or they just kind of give up on the metaphor. They're like, well, we tried in the first verse. Let's just say like a rodeo some more. Yeah, I mean, I feel like we could have j- just sat around and thought of like, oh, what are things about a rodeo that we could maybe put into a song and we could come up with that many in like 15 minutes. Yeah, I oh, feel it like... Did. It reminded me of that old video you had where you're like, they talk about trucks. They talk about yeah, yeah, yeah. Why Country Music was awful in 2013? A little yeah. bit, a little bit. When we've mostly moved away from that and it's interesting because I think, and this is actually a good segue, What's interesting in country music right now is I think we have simultaneously sort of doubled down on some of the bro-ish elements of country music, but then there's this kind of 90s revival, and it's, it's, uh, we're getting a really organic sound back. And I say that will come from artists like John Party, artists like Riley Green, and definitely Midland. Um, Midland has this new song out, Playboys. So get on the stage and Playboys. Let's kick out the lights tonight, get high and play. And now they're three for three in my book in terms of the songs that they put out from this album. I raved on the podcast like a month ago about Put the Hurt on Me. And I am so excited about this record. If we have Mr. Lonely, Put the Hurt on Me, and now Playboys, which I think is a really, really, really fun time. It has that kind of country wordplay that I enjoy where you think Playboys is going to be either describing their kind of style as... Uh, these kind of bar gadflies that are trying to hook up with women, or it's going to be describing little porny magazines. But in fact, it's just about getting on the stage and play, boys. And I love, I love country wordplay. It makes me giggle. It makes me laugh. But I also like the music of this song a lot. Um, and it's so crazy to me that, you know, and it's kind of cool to me in a way that this can be thriving right alongside Kane Brown's new song when they couldn't really sound more different. Now, it annoys me from the fact that I feel like country lyrics have to to or words have to mean something and if we're going to call everything country then it's kind of crazy to me that it <laughs> that, that both of these are the same genre but anyway you can tell i'm used to podcasting alone because these two guys are just sitting here twirling their thumbs what do you think of midlands playboys you want to go first Woody? sure i loved it um i thought again to go back to like listening to the musical qualities as opposed to lyrics i was jamming out to whatever kind of guitar that is at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Reminded me of, there's like that old B.J. Thomas song, Hooked on a Feeling. Yeah, Ooh, like, shotgun. Nah, nah, nah. <laughs> I don't know, the guitar part sounded like that. Uh-huh. Um, I didn't spend too much time listening to the lyrics until I was trying to think about it because I knew I'd be talking about it. But. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry we made you do that. <laughs> oh, I, I really liked it. And so, I mean... We talked a little bit about this earlier in the weekend, but I feel like being from Texas, like this is, I feel like what country music should sound like, you know, it just it kind of like falls kind of naturally into, oh, this is like a country song. And what I liked about this song in particular was I was kind of expecting the music to kind of follow a, a chord progression that maybe like was more familiar or more kind of like just standard but then I liked how the music kind of surprised me and changed a little bit Mm -hmm. and it did they did some just cool things um you know going into you know bridge or going into a a chorus that I thought was interesting so I liked it I liked it a lot yeah 
Ben, so Ben's like a, Ben went to the business school, uh, part of the college that we went to, and you tell me if I'm using this term right, but there's a term called competitive advantage. And I, I understand that to be what differentiates a business. It's like the main differentiating factor that a business can offer. So if everyone on the market has blue dish soap and you can offer green foaming dish soap uh, that has the same function, maybe that's your competitive advantage. Is that a fair description of it? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's whatever kind of sets you apart. So to me, like, what confuses me sometimes about country music is, like, the competitive advantage really is the stringed instrumentation. It really is the harmonies to me. I'm like, this is what makes country music offer something different to the musical landscape. I think that's a big part of why I gravitate toward it and why songs like uh, like a rodeo don't hit me nearly as hard as songs like... Uh, Playboys, just because I think it's it's kind of cool. I feel like it captures what makes country music different. The yep. competitive advantage. I just want to use business terms, really. <laughs> You're doing a good job. Thanks, man. For an American studies major. Thanks, yeah. Don't major in American studies. <laughs> Memo to the world. That is a waste of your money. Uh, no, I mean, I I really do think... I don't know. I, I feel like the bands that get like remembered... Long term are the ones that bring something unique or bring mm-hmm. a sound, like a certain sound to the table or like you know or bring some sort of like incredible you know stage presence or you know they yeah. have amazing live shows or, or something and like you know I think this provides something uh, you know Midland seem like they definitely bring more to the table and to country music than like some just kind of nondescript yeah semi R and B country song. Yeah, although maybe we're maybe we're all being maybe I'm just short sighted and I'm like, well, well, Kane is the real disruptor here, and so maybe he'll be the one that's remembered. And I, I always say this: so long as there's room for both, I think like everyone can win. It's just country music spent like a decade only having the Kane Brown sound, and so I think it's cool that we're getting back to a place of balance. Yeah, but yeah, musically, definitely prefer the Midland stuff. Um, anyway, guys, thanks so much for hanging out on the podcast. We're about to hit the the Corsica River. And sail in a, uh, what kind of boat? Hampton. A Hampton. I don't know much about boats, but it's red and large um, for a sailboat. And uh, it's going to be a fun day. So later, y'all. So that was our little attempt to be a trio of music critics. Uh, I don't think the audio is perfect in that section, but whatever, y'all. It was a, it was kind of a, a weird vacation week, but I still want to get the podcast out and uh, I want to keep trying new things. And I, I look, I learned some about how this microphone works today, and I didn't know that before. So thanks for bearing with me as I figure that stuff out. Um, I know it's a shorter episode this week, or I, I don't know how long that, that whole clip will be with my buddies, but um, so maybe it's just a normal length episode. But we'll be back with more stuff and a lot of fun stuff coming up on the channel very soon. I'm excited to start filming these podcasts and. And uh, yeah, let's keep this uh, train a rolling. So I'll bring in the Flatland Cavalry. This is no shade of green. And you guys have a great week. Bye, y'all. No shade of green could describe Beauty trapped inside her eyes Red lipstick from the blood of all them boys